Welcome to In the Deep. I'm your host, Katherine Ingram. The following is excerpted from a session of Dharma Dialogues held in Lennox Head, Australia in May of 2018. It's called Art That is Born from Silence. I also want to once again express my deep gratitude to the people who've made donations, either one time or recurring. Thank you so much. I was on the phone with one of my friends yesterday, and she said, I have a Dharma question for you. I said, okay. She said, "Um, what is it, what do you think about the whole notion of the awareness of awareness that a lot of teachers speak about? That there's an awareness that knows you're aware. (laughs) And I said, well, I used to entertain those kinds of thoughts long ago. I used to have those kinds of discussions and try to imagine what people meant when they said that and have a sense of the kind of witnessing of yourself in some sort of activity that you're aware of and so on. But really, it's a bit too complicated for my taste. Um, It's a bit too overthinking. Um, And I go back to the simplicity of just presence, of just being, of just the simplicity of awareness, right? You don't have to make it a gigantic thing. And she said, well, then it just gets down to really ordinary life, right? That you're aware in ordinary activity or ordinary, when you're sitting, you're just sitting and just being and just breathing. And I said, yes, that." That is what it gets down to. And she said, but I thought it would be something a little more exalted, something more, you know, um, inspired or something, you know, more profound. Yes. So I considered that and I said, well, I think that profundity comes as you're sitting in those, as you're in that kind of, flow of beingness, as you're in that simplicity, as you're resting in presence and going about your day in that, a lot of, it's a ground for a lot of insight to arise. You're living in quiet, you're living in meditation. You don't have to expect some kind of mind gyrations of the awareness is now watching the awareness and it's going to get us through this portal into enlightenment. And, you know, it's so, uh, so much of an unnecessary labyrinth. It's, uh, my view is that the whole thing is the other direction. It's downstream. It's not having to overcomplicate. And it's like our teacher, Puntaji, used to always say, just stop. Make no effort. <laughs> you know, no mind. Right? It's that. Then you're just here in the most easy and ordinary ways because it's a beautiful kind of ordinariness. People think of ordinary as like old dull rocks or something. It's not that. 
It's, it's a beautiful kind of awake ordinariness. that all the great ones have recommended. But people want shiny baubles and they want some kind of flashy thing. And (laughs) so unnecessary. So it just comes down to really regular activities, conversations, your own quiet, you're taking a bath, you're making, cooking some eggs. It's like that. It's just through the day, just your own beautiful moments of this life, this precious fleeting life. It's a little bit sad to me somehow, um, how many people I've known over the many, many, many years who are striving on these projects of, like these spiritual attainment projects. They're striving. They've been striving for 40 years. Uh, I imagine they will strive on (laughs) till the last days. And in a way, miss the show because it's as though they really always have something in the back of the mind that they are needing to get to that's some other time some other future moment when it's really these moments with nothing enhanced doesn't have it doesn't need any enhancement So when you're when you're really resting as that, <clears throat> in that, when you hear the twittering of the bird, you're just hearing the twittering of the bird. You're not even na- you're not even naming it, and you don't have to say to yourself, "Now I'm aware of myself." <laughs> hearing the twitter, you don't. None of that is necessary. It's a full immersion. Cue the twittering. (laughs) Okay, so if anyone has anything you'd like to discuss, please feel free. I was just thinking how bizarre it is that you get to the point of realizing that you're not the mind and then it actually doesn't even work anymore. (laughs) 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 And I would think it, you know, you could be at the point where you're really okay with it not working, but that does kind of set off a little bit of a, um, it triggers a bit of um, security issues around just being able to function and just being able to make one's way through life. Yes. Because we tend to rely on it doing its job. 
Yes. I mean, it's one thing to know that it's not the be-all and end-all of the whole right. reality. No, but, but you want it to still work. It needs just to work. Yeah. Just keep quiet and work. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, to it, it, to employ it for functionality or for relationships or for remembering that you have a dental appointment and so on, um, of course, is 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 a great privilege and for those who don't have that ability anymore you know it's it's generally difficult someone asked about this in melbourne and they were saying well there, you know there probably are cases of alzheimer's where people are perfectly happy in it that they have you know that they've lost that capacity but they're not really suffering but of course we've all seen cases where that is not the case, or as the dementia is beginning, it can be very scary and very hard for functioning. Um, so to not make light of that in any way, the, the mind is a perfectly good employee, not a good boss. <laughs> you know, um, and it's nice to have one that works. And... I can speak for myself as I have gotten older. I, you know, my mind is dropping more balls than it used to, you know. It just does, and I have to roll with that and compensate in various ways. I have to write things down a lot and then remember to look at the thing that I wrote down, which sometimes I don't remember to do. And... <laughs> And so, you know, there are all those ways that we try to manage, um, you know. I've been reflecting on, you know, it's a subject I speak a lot about, about letting go. I feel that that's one of the um, capacities that does increase with age and with focus and with, with understanding, rather. Um, but I've been, I've been reflecting on just the, the, all kinds of components about letting go. Um, one of which is that it's not that one lets go in any kind of uncaring way or that it's not that you let go and then it's just gone, you know. It's, it's, there's a, still some relationship with that which has gone, but there's a true recognition that it is gone, if you're following me. So that there is the letting go, um, but it, it's almost you're letting go with, with an honoring that stays, that stays alive in you. Um, whether it's whether it's something rather mundane, uh, like a, a place you used to frequent, or you know, um, an album you used to like, or um, a house you used to live in, or or things more profound, like people who have passed on, passed away, um, that. There's this sense in which the love of it all lives in you. And yet, there's nothing that's still sticking because it's, because you know it's gone. Um, you know, Sal? 
just these qualities of letting go and the understandings around what that means. Mm. Yeah, even even letting old struggles just be at peace. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All the way, all of the whole wash of the life, the way that it rolled out, the, the sparkles and the hard times and the hard rapids and the, the creatures that were there one minute and you turned around and they're gone. And um, all of it, you know, that there's this, there's this uh, beauty that lives in the heart that, you know, is, it, it, it's, yeah, the word honoring I just said, but it comes back. Um, it's like a bow, you know, like a bow. Oh, that's such a more um, gracious way to be honoring or in gratitude for all that has been, rather than regret or remorse yeah. or lacking. It's just a very subtle shift. Yeah. But it makes such a difference in the perspective, right? Yeah. On what yeah. you're living with. And then I guess letting go of that too. Yeah. But I love that you just said with and with what you're living with, like yeah. even what is here now. Yeah. Um understanding that it too will be part of that wash of of this life, you know. Uh so it makes it all the more precious while it is still here. Well, Kath, I'm reading a book called Being Aware of Being Aware. <laughs> right in it. <laughs> a small book. And I haven't finished the book, so I can't uh-huh. relate to you. But basically, from what I've gathered so far, it's like um, a movie screen. So what he's making you aware of is the screen, not the movie. Um and related it's, it's an image Punjaji used yeah. quite a lot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You may have lifted that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. Okay. I wouldn't we all, know. We three all would have heard Punjaji <laughs> say it many, many times. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'll just keep reading. <laughs> um, I must admit, I, I um, it, it does catch me occasionally, and I just sit with something, um, which it's subtle, but it just it just changes the perspective a little bit for me. Yes, well, yeah. good. Yeah, and it is good. Yeah, yeah. but um, I guess my 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 hesitation about using those kinds of concepts is that the it, it tends to employ the mind a lot. It tends to make the mind activate yes. into a kind of conceptual realm yes. of is this awareness, watching awareness, and just all of that kind of languaging really yeah. sure starts to yeah. kick up. And yeah. so if that's not what is happening for you, if you're reading this book and you're finding yourself incredibly alive in presence, and I would even say in a quiet way, without conceptualizing mm. if it's if it's if the book is triggering that kind of experience for you 
making everything more simple and easy? Um, it's, it's kind of like uh, running into a wall because the concepts take you so far with the mind and then it stops because it's so um, black and white. And there's nowhere to go. There's no concept that can be formed from what's written. So you're just left with that, uh, uh, and it seems to be continually through the book. Okay, and, so it's it's yeah, somehow... But who knows? Le- no, 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 it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Somehow landing your awareness uh, yeah, into yeah, yeah. a kind of simplicity. Absolutely. And Absolutely. well and good, yeah, yeah. sure. Hmm. I guess I was speaking more from my own experience that those kinds of conceptualizations don't tend to. Yeah, there's for me. no, there's no, um, it's not filed away in memory. Okay, good. There's no memory involved in it. Good, I get it. Okay. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I put it down. It's over. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, I, I, I those I are don't. the only kinds of Dharma books I would recommend reading. Yeah. Is that not to fill your mind with more concepts, oh, God, no. but to stop the mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least stop the mind from the spiritual yeah. program. Always when I come here, I just, uh, I'm so grateful. I'm mm. so grateful to be able to hear about um, Puntaji. Mm. And, and that you all had a connection. and All three of us spent a lot of wow. time. Yes. Wow. Mm. Yeah, um, it's beautiful to be in the presence of this energy. And, uh, yeah, you know, what you were sharing earlier, Catherine, about the striving and <laughs> the, the efforting. And um, I did so much of that, so much of that. And... Not so much now, but it does make me pause and reflect. Where where am I? Am I doing that? Where am I doing that now? Yeah, and um, it's it's good just to to be with that. Are you doing that now, or definitely not like I was yeah. before? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't have a on a spiritual level, some kind of goal post or anything like that, that's not there. Great. In terms of creating in the world, like, yeah, there's always something that needs to be done, but I'm okay with that because I've eventually figured out how to do that at my own pace. Yes. And to um, really it's like... uh, it just feels like art. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and beautiful. It's like a joy to, um, I mean, there's a lot of growth in it for me and a lot of movement in a way internally of, uh, you know, how do I need to be to be a, a real channel, you know, and to not be in the controller seat. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm... Um, that sort of narrator or commentary, you know, I'm, I'm quite aware of when, of becoming, been becoming more aware of when the um, the commentary is starting to take over yeah. and when it's my soul just letting it all happen through me. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and, you know, making effort in the realm of creativity and in just expressing oneself 
is beautiful. You have to make effort in mm. that realm, mm. you know, <clears throat> if, if you're going to offer anything. Yeah. Um, that does require effort. Mm. It doesn't have to require straining or a kind of um, yeah. ego-based effort. It can be coming from a different type of motivation. But um, so, you know, not to, not to assume that one makes no effort in any domain, but in the so-called self-improvement spiritual domain, mm. Punjaji's very clear message over and over was to make no effort mm. in that realm. Mm. Make no effort. Yeah. And people will make effort of that. It's amazing. People will say, how do you do that? And how do you, <laughs> you know, and, and they'll find tricky ways to be efforting, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but. And I, when I relate what I just heard then and what you've been saying to, you know, doing a physical practice like a yoga practice, you know, there's the striving way of, of being in it, which is not really being in it. Right. You know, mm. and then there's meeting oneself in in it, inside of it, right? And uh, beautiful things happen. Yes, <laughs> when that's the case. Yes, like, yes, absolutely. Oh. All creativity, when it's informed by that kind of of simplicity, actually, uh, is is just greatly uh, enhanced. Yeah. <clears throat> You know, a lot of the greatest art and just uh, uh, through the ages, you know, mm. just the, the elegance of simplicity. And it's usually you can feel how, how clear the message was being, you know, coming through and being delivered. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I sometimes tell this story. I told it in my book. Um, um in the 70s, I was with my, my boyfriend at the time, although he had been my meditation teacher prior to that. <laughs> but anyway, we, um, we, ha we were in Boston and we went to this um, art exhibit that we heard about um, called Zenga Nanga. And it was this beautiful exhibit of 15th century um, paint, um, of paintings, landscape paintings by Zen masters. <clears throat> and, and it was on the third floor of a magnificent museum. And we went to this, we went to see this. And it was like each of those, each of those landscapes was like being in heaven. I mean, but there was hardly anything on the, on the, on the image, you know, it would just be like a, a monk looking at the moon, you know, or, and most of it was white space. But whatever was on there had this kind of simple beauty. And it was, it was like a transmission across the centuries of what a still mind would produce, mm. right? So, there were, so this whole room full of these images. Some, in, some had color, some, most were black and white. We went from that floor, we walked down this long, big, magnificent staircase to the next floor down um, which was Renaissance paintings and and it almost felt shocking to my system we actually did a little quick walk around but the opulence and the 
religious iconography and the beheadings and the everybody was in clothing and massive big clothing up to their necks yeah. and um the the heaviness and and all of their faces looked just grim and it was such a it was such a contrast right mm. and it was this it was obviously a much younger person at the time it it taught me something about art and it taught me something about my taste in art um which has to do with feeling into the place that the artist was sitting and preferring art that came from a certain kind of deep quiet and clarity and love you know so since that time i've been around people who uh live in the in the so-called art world right and i've sometimes felt quite at odds with certain types of presenting of art that is recognized as so-called great art but i look at it and just look i just see a troubled mind <laughs> especially you know? in that contrast and um, certainly in that contrast but ever yeah. since you yeah. know mm. and so it's it's just a preference I, you know i'm not mm. I'm not saying I certainly don't know much about <laughs> I certainly don't know much about um the art world. I'm just saying my own preference in art yeah is that I do think a lot of the great art of the treasures of the world happen to have been informed by that. A lot of it, not all. Yeah. Um but a lot of the architecture, for instance, you know, You stand in the Pantheon in Rome for instance if you've been there mm-hmm. you know just Oh no not Rome actually no. Yeah um Athens, you know yes yeah. you know, that's the Parthenon yeah um but in in Rome the Pantheon which is this most amazing simple but beautiful structure mm. you know um and a, a architectural wonder for its time than when it was originally built. Um so you know it's it's just my my preference about art but it it sort of translates to my preference about kind of everything <laughs> you know. Yeah, I so understand. <laughs> yeah, I bet you do. <laughs> And my preference in terms of spiritual considerations as well. Just you know it, it can't get simple enough, you know, in terms of this really you don't have to make some gigantic maze of the mind you know mm. leave aside that endless project that fool's errand you know mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's beautiful thank you you're welcome um i don't know why this word Uh, it doesn't bother me but i just need some clarity on it yeah. the word soul soul because you use the word soul and everyone uses the word soul yeah. and it's everyone seems really confident in knowing what soul is and and i actually don't i have um, the best answer thank you i'm glad of that <laughs> do you like soul music 
Sure. Yeah, I do. Okay, that's yeah. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because you, when you say soul music, right, when we say soul music, there's something about that that, that you understand, right? I don't mean just African-American or reggae or... Mm. Any, any kind of music can be soul music, right? Because it, tr- it, it moves something in you that is this mysterious thing that music can do to us, right? It's a language that we all speak. It's a universal language that does that, that is somehow our brains have evolved to respond to it in a really powerful way. You know, it can, you can hear a few notes and it can make you cry, right? That's amazing when you think about it. Um, the way that's, that music is speaking to something in you that is way, way deeper than, than the concepts. So for me... That's how I understand this word soul. I don't believe in entities, right? I don't believe entities are floating around. Nothing like that. It's simply about this uh, capacity that we all have. I would say almost everyone on earth, almost, Mm. have for a kind of soulfulness. I'm not, I don't want to make a meal of it, but... Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's collective. We all share the one soul. No, I didn't say that. No. Um, but, but go ahead. Most of us would be triggered by music, for instance. Mm-hmm. So therefore, we're all part of that soul. Well... Again, I'm not, it's not externalized to one soul or floating around. No. Um, I'm saying that there's some way that we have evolved to be very responsive to music in some part of ourselves that's very, very deep and, and that we can't really explain. Okay, that's with music. So yeah. music outside, I'm going to say goodbye to music for a Okay, second. okay, sure. <laughs> and soul connection. Or, soul connection, um, okay, yeah. Um, sharing a, uh, a brotherhood or whatever. Yeah, yes. Some sort of connection with others that you indefatigably know is the same or there's this common yeah. ground underneath. Yes. Now, it was that soul... Well, again, do we have to name that? Well, no, it's just a word that gets floated around a lot. And I I really don't. Then take it it as your own. All of these words that we use, we give meaning to them, right? We have been, like, 
Lots of things that you might take for granted that we agree on, the color yellow, you might be seeing it very differently than I am, right? So I, the word soul might mean something to you. Yeah. And it might mean something slightly different to me and yeah. slightly different to everyone. Mm. Um, but that we, we can have a sense that we're sharing something very profound you know, we can have a sense that, you know, we're looking at a sunset and it's triggering all those feelings or hearing music that's really moving us in a certain way. And, you know, I think, you know, I, let, me, let me quote this quote. You've heard me say it before, but this is a moment to hear it again. A slight revision of Shakespeare. Um, a rose by no name at all would smell as sweet. Do you know the original quote? A rose by any other name would smell as sweet. I don't know the quote, but I understand. Okay, so the, the quote is, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. Mm. I say, a rose by no name at all would mm. smell as sweet. Sure. So we don't have to name things particularly, mm. right? We don't have to name it. It can just be this mysterious understanding of, and you know. So hooking on a word like soul, because soul is used religiously a lot. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say don't bother with that particular definition, mm. because well, it's too. It's just too. Uh, um, you know, it's like a little personification living in our beings mm. um, <clears throat> that passes on life to life to life. So if you leave aside that, then it mm. just comes down to using it in this kind of casual way, like soul music or it's good for the soul or, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? I hear you. It, it hasn't really answered my question in a way because okay. I, I think of the word soulless. And um, and that also is a very clear meaning as well. So I use that word a lot to describe certain things. Yeah. It's soulless. Yeah, soulless right. and... Um, or loveless. Yeah, or loveless, yeah. Could be, could be interchangeable, yeah. I'll leave it there, Kath, because... No, no, I, you had a, another Well, I, as you know, I'm doing, doing a course on, in Mulaney at the moment and the word soul came up there and, and in the group it was quite a different meaning for lots of different people. Uh-huh. And there was no consensus as to what it actually was. Yes. And we all went away with, well, whatever you've got, that's it. You know, that's, that's, sure. That's soul for you. Right. But I, I, I just come across it a lot lately and I'm like, well, okay. I don't really, I honestly don't understand it. I can feel, of course I can feel and experience what I would, I guess, call soulfulness. But, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. It's just one of those mysterious things. I love that, um, I love your dedication to wanting to understand certain things that... Or don't start me. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you're well started. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, lo- I, I, I appreciate it. And I, I was so 
um, that way myself um, mm. for so long. Um, what I can say about this and about your other uh, question, and I hope it's helpful, um, is simply that a lot of this you don't actually need to know. Yeah, I, I get and that. And you don't have to bother um, using your precious moments mm. to think about things that you're not going to be able to figure out. Now, yeah. I, having said what I've just said to you, mm. believe me, I did do that with my mm. time and life mm. for a long, long time. Mm. I really did. I, I was a seeker. I was. I wanted to know things. I wanted to. Fear. I wanted to have big debates, and I did that for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, mm. I'm starting to look at my days. This may seem slightly mercenary, <laughs> as I am looking at the economy of my time. I'm yeah. realizing the most incredibly and precious economy yeah. I am living on is my time, mm. and how I'm using my awareness during my time. And I realize both of those things are limited. Mm-hmm. I only have a certain amount of awareness per day. Mm-hmm. Eight hours of the day I have to sleep, mm-hmm. right? So there's two-thirds of a day left. How am I using my time and my yeah. awareness in that period of time? Mm-hmm. And, yep. I, and I'm, I'm becoming kind of savage about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I realize mm-hmm. I don't really want to use my awareness in any kind of unnecessary ways or any kind of thing that's mm. kicking up a lot of unnecessary mm. conceptualization, mm-hmm. yep. thinking about things I really can't know much about or do anything mm. about. Mm. And so mm. it throws you down to real basic mm-hmm. basic stuff, you know? Yeah. It's basically, I'm also aware that that kind of, that like being loving and being kind and being a little bit helpful if possible and generous and all those good things we all like Mm -hmm. is really all that I have to bother with here. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't have to bother with anything else. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. (laughs) And that my, whatever insights drop into my awareness um, you know, insight is helpful mm. in, you know, mm. um, like some, you get a little aha moment now and again. Yeah. They're helpful. Um, but for the most part, I don't, like the big questions, I'm not going to figure them out. No. Mm. And even the little questions, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> I only offer this, and I so I so love how you are in your mind, and I love conversing with you, and and I think, and I love exploring these kinds of things to some degree um, with you. I, I I guess what I am offering and saying to you is. You know, just shine and just love as much as you can and just let love in and, you know, just be free with, mm. with your awareness. Let it, let it just be wild and free. And you don't have to figure much out. 
This has been In the Deep. You can find the entire list of In the Deep podcasts at katherineingram.com, where you can also book a private session by phone or Skype and see my upcoming events, such as our New Year's retreat at the ocean near Lennox Head, Australia, or our residential retreat in New Zealand in May of 2019. If you're a regular listener, please consider making either a one-time or a recurring tax-deductible donation in any amount that's comfortable for you, or you could give us a review wherever you're getting your podcasts. Till next time.